No matter where you go in the great outdoors, Mother Nature holds a list of dangers. There is no shortage of ways to get hurt, lost, or killed while out in the great outdoors, and these viewers sent in their allegedly true experiences with these said encounters. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or at r slash thedarkswamp on reddit. This episode is sponsored by ShipStation. ShipStation is very useful, especially for myself and definitely during the challenging holiday season when I am getting more and more orders for hoodies, beanies, and t-shirts than I ever do throughout the year, and I'm very grateful to all of you for that. But ShipStation helps me know that I can run my business stress-free and making sure that everybody gets their items on time. ShipStation effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. You can manage every order from one simple dashboard, automate routine shipping tasks, print shipping labels, and easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment. With the best discounts in the industry, you'll never wonder if you're getting the best rates ever again. So join me and many others in the swamp today. Get up to 86% off USPS and UPS rates. And if that's not enough, use my promo code to try ShipStation for free for two months. Use promo code SWAMPED today at ShipStation to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code SWAMPED. Bulgarian Cabin Experience by Alat my family owns a cabin in the mountains of Bulgaria. It is my favorite place to escape the summer. My friends from university have a tradition of going there every August for a few days of excessive drinking. However, until last year, we have not experienced anything out of the ordinary, per se. On this particular trip, though, I decided to hire a local man. There was a uranium mining operation in the past close by that was closed down sometime in the 90s, but the workers, about 50 people, still lived in the mining town to paint the tin roof of the hut. Now, there are tales of inbreeding and all kinds of weird stuff going on out in this area. So when I met the man, I had a slight chill for a moment when we spoke with him. He was clearly an alcoholic and didn't seem all there. His face was weathered and he was dirty. Anyway, after doing the job, I paid him, gave him a bottle of rakia, which is a traditional Bulgarian alcohol, and he went on his way. After that, me and my friend spent the rest of the night drinking around the campfire. Then, sometime around midnight, the uneasy feeling of being watched from the woods began to wash over me, which was too bad because I had to visit the bathroom, which in this case was an outhouse right next to the woods behind us. So I tried to brush off my paranoia and did whatever I could to stave it down deep so I could get some courage. I went out and not even a minute afterwards someone was banging on the door which I thought it was one of my friends playing a prank on me. Hence, I called out to them to knock it off and imagine my surprise when they answered from a distance. At that moment, the person on the other side got more adamant and put a knife in the door's crack. This is when I called out for help and turned on the flashlight on my phone, to which the person on the other side of the door retracted the knife and fled up the hill. My friends were scared absolutely out of their minds, but rushed to my aid nonetheless. Sadly, the perpetrator had fled before they got to me. Afterward, we went into the cabin, grabbed all of our stuff, threw it in the car, and we have not gone back since. I haven't told anyone about this yet. I don't know what that man wanted. 
I really don't, but I'm terrified. Stranded while fishing by I can't spell there. I live in South Florida. I am a natural outdoorsy type of person. I like to walk around in the woods in my area, go fishing, do four-wheeling, etc. I tend to go fishing alone despite my parents always telling me not to, and I usually tell them where I'm going. I often go to places in the middle of nowhere, mainly in fields with little ponds and canals to fish in. I can't remember what exact month it was, but it was back when it got dark around 5.30 to 6.00 p.m. One day, I decided to pack my poles up and go fishing in this field about 30 minutes from my house. But being that I lived in a small town, that could be uh, quite far to say the least. I was fishing in a spot relatively close to the road near the entrance, and I was gradually making my way down. Mind you, I know this spot very well, so I know how to get in and out of it. It's like a maze of connecting canals and fields. It's 3.30 and I'm catching fish and getting pretty lucky. But as all anglers know, sometimes the bite wears off, and you move to another spot. So I'm moving further from the entrance, and I remember specific landmarks to remember where I'm at, whether it be an old tractor or a rundown building. Remember when I said I know this place reasonably well? Well, I remember parts that I always go to. I probably should have said that at the beginning, but here we are. So I'm getting to an unfamiliar area, but it's still daytime, so I figured I could remember new landmarks to help me when I'm ready to go. At this point, it's about 5.45 and I'm trying one last spot before I leave, but this spot is in the midst of two different fields that I'm not very familiar with. As I'm going to the site, I hear a hissing sound, like it's coming through the fields, but I brush it off, thinking that it's probably just the music that I'm blasting really loud, or maybe the terrain I'm driving on. So I stopped halfway to the spot to stop and fish again real quickly, but didn't get a single bite. I packed my things, so as I got to the car and reversed the car, I heard a strange noise and noticed the tires were hard to turn. I got up and saw my front two tires were completely flat. Mind you, I'm in the middle of nowhere with two flat tires in the woods. Oh, and did I mention that it was now nighttime? I was never afraid to freak out, but I did get worried. I picked my phone up to call my dad, but to no avail, I had no service and I couldn't even get an SOS out. That made my heart stop for a bit because around this area, many bobcats run around these fields. So I just got in the car and began nervously brainstorming on what I should do. I couldn't drive anywhere because of my tires or call anyone. So I'm looking around the car. Sometimes my dad would use my tire pump and would leave it in my trunk. So on my last glimmer of hope, I checked the box and Lord behold, my tire was in the chest. And what made it even better is that it was USB powered, meaning I didn't have to plug it into an outlet. So I hooked everything up and started pumping the tires, which took quite some time, probably about an hour. Once they were finally fully pumped, I checked to see what caused the flat. I couldn't see anything. However, I did hear the hissing sound that I had heard earlier. I learned that the hissing sound was the sound of my tire losing air. Thankfully, it was a slow leak, so my tire would retain the air just long enough for me to make it home. Now, the only problem is, is I didn't know where I was, so I was moving around as people did back in the day, you know, carrying your phone around in the air, hoping to get a signal, and eventually I did. As soon as I did, I Google mapped my way to find the entrance, and from there, I remembered where I was and how to get home. I also forgot to mention that I never told anybody about this, um, I didn't tell my parents that I was going here this day. It's not something I would normally do, but, you know, I made a mistake this time. So, I think what I really learned was 
always carry a tire pump in your car and always tell someone where you are because I don't know how my tires were popped. I don't know if somebody stabbed them. I don't know if I ran over something on my way in, but it was definitely a scary situation and I'm just glad I kept a level head and figured out a way to get home. Voices from the Forest by Anonymous Naturally, I am a scientifically-minded person, and I like to think that I'm rational, and normally I like to come from a place of skepticism if I'm being honest. I'm trying to get some perspective on what happened and explore all avenues because I'm dumbfounded by this experience. My two children and I were visiting my parents for dinner, and they lived in the middle of the woods. It's my family home where I grew up. About halfway through the evening, the kids were watching TV inside and my parents were busy talking in the other room, so I went out to my dad's detached shop to practice pool for a little while. I let them know where I was going before I did this. I'm an avid pool player and he has a nice table, so I ran some drills for around 30 minutes. After I finished up, I walked out the door to go back into the house and it was almost dark. Still, some light, but not much. I was halfway to the house when I heard a child's voice in the woods. I couldn't understand what it said, but it was clear as day and it sounded like it was maybe a hundred feet away from me or so. I stopped and looked into the direction it came from, trying to see if perhaps it was one of my kids, and maybe they had gotten outside without me knowing. Then I heard the voice again which said my name like it was calling to me. However, it didn't sound like any of my kids, so I yelled back and got no answer in return. I walked towards the woods just a little bit expecting to see somebody come out but I never saw a thing. I stood there for quite some time calling before I immediately went back inside to check on my kids to make sure none of them wandered off into the woods. When I go inside, they are still sitting at the same spot watching television. I asked my mom if they were outside and she said they never went out. Now, from my perspective, my parents live in the middle of nowhere. There are no houses within a mile of them and no one else has kids in this area at least none that know me by name. I'm genuinely creeped out by this. Has anyone else ever experienced something similar? Hey Swamp Dweller, I have been listening to your channel for some time now. I got to thinking about how a lot of strange and freaky things have happened to me over my lifetime. I grew up and currently live in a ridiculously small town in upstate New York. When I was a small child, I used to tell my mother about the man that came to play with me and talk to me at night. My dad was the only man around at the time and he worked night times. So obviously this freaked my mother out at the time as I was only three years old. As time went on, I remember always being afraid of my old bedroom. And then one day, after getting home from school, I called for my mother and I heard her say we are in here. So I went to her room and no one was there at all. I thought it was strange, but whatever. I went to use the bathroom, and I distinctly remember hearing a man's voice say my name. I of course told my mother this, and I continued hearing a man call my name throughout the years. Fast forward about 14 years later, and my sister was born. One night around a campfire sharing freaky stories, she said she always heard a man calling her name in the bathroom. My parents still live in this house, and to this day, my own son now is afraid of my mother's bathroom. I suffer from sleep paralysis and every time I have paralysis I see a man standing at the foot of my bed, watching me. I cannot help but wonder 
Is this the same man I have always heard and or played with when I was a young child? My friends and some family members have gotten into ghost hunting around the area. We have some incredibly old graveyards dating back to the 1700s and 1800s. There is one area in the woods full of graves most people do not know is there. We as kids discovered it walking and playing in the woods as kids usually do. We had an older friend who drove at the time. We will call him Jeff for privacy's sake. Jeff would always rough house and be crazy with his father's truck in these woods. His friend Alan was terrified of the woods late at night, especially the graveyard. We decided to play a prank on him, and being that we were now teenagers, we decided a perfect place would be the graves. So one night we drove him through the woods by the graves only to find the entire gravesite glowing and lit up. We were incredibly freaked out and continued driving into an open field where Jeff's truck stalled out on us. We were trying to get the truck started, but as we were trying to get it going again, we heard drums beating very close by. The sound of the drums sounded like it came from the graveyard. We finally got Jeff's truck started up and hightailed it out of there. However, when we passed the graveyard again, it was all dark like nothing was ever there. My friends and I decided to do some ghost hunting on a very haunted hill in upstate New York. There have been countless strange deaths that have occurred there. A long time ago, a witch doctor and her brother were hung in one of the trees that is still standing. I was unaware at the time that we were going to that location. I kept hearing what sounded like a rope swinging in the tree, but there was no rope at all. There was no wind or anything. It was just a calm, sunny summer day in upstate New York. Eventually, we happened upon the witch's gravestone. At this point, my friends tell me we are here and then tell us all about her backstory. Honestly, I felt bad for her, so I decided to reach out and touch her grave. I instantly became incredibly dizzy. I almost threw up and fell to my knees. Upon research, I found out that I am not the only person who has had that happen to them upon touching the gravestone. We continue to ghost hunt, and we've gone there many times after this. There are miles and miles of forest there. One night we had decided to come back for a ghost hunt and do more of the trails that were in a different area, but still very haunted woods apparently. We had noticed that our cell phone batteries were draining rather rapidly. We thought this was odd. As we were driving, we became lost and unsure what trail we were on at this point. We stopped the car to figure out exactly where we were. As I stated above, a lot of people were losing their life in strange ways in this area. We have heard heavy footsteps approaching our car, but when we looked up and around, there was never anyone there. We had this gut feeling that was just terrible. We knew it was bad. My friend Jackie, for privacy's sake, looked out her window and started screaming. She said there was a man just looking in at her. We did not see him, but we did believe her. We then told her to gas it as we did not care where we ended up. We just wanted to get away. As she hit the gas, my mother and I looked out the back window and saw what looked like to be a butcher following our car. I told my friend in the front seat who owns land there. She said there used to be a serial killer back in the day that lived in the area. One night, my friends and I decided to do even more ghost hunting, as I really appreciate a good ghost story. I thought I heard something walking toward me in the darkness, and I saw a branch move like someone was moving it out of the way. Everyone in the group was standing near each other, so we were like 
feeling safe, you know? We decided to snap a picture with our digital camera, which by the way constantly dies in those woods for some reason. We caught a silhouette of a woman dressed in an old-fashioned style dress with a child in her arms and another child clinging to her side. Not too spooky, but pretty cool. We all went to another gravesite, looking for more ghosts, of course. I happened to be standing there with my mom and friends who I always go ghost hunting with. I trust them and they trust me. We always have each other's backs. We had been standing there and I thought I heard someone talking to me. So I stood still to listen. As I was standing there, it was like I was asleep while being awake at the same time. Like I was in some sort of trance. Like this very weird state. It was very strange for me. My friend decided to snap a picture thinking I was just standing still looking for a ghost. The next thing I know, my friends are all running and heading for their car. And I'm just standing there still unaware that in the picture my friend snapped, there was a man standing at my shoulder, talking in my ear. Just typing this story gives me the chills. My mom ended up running back for me and dragging me out of my trance-like state. I had no clue the entire time that they had been yelling at me as I had never heard them. I often dream of deceased loved ones and friends and stuff like that. Sometimes I even see my friend's husband who has passed. He has told me to warn my friend that something evil was watching her and wanted her. He said his son was buying a truck and to tell him to watch out for his mother as well. He said he had been trying to keep her safe, but this evil thing was stronger than he was. He told me it required a lot of energy to talk to me and did not have much time to talk. I reached out to my friend and she said, in fact, in the past two days her son was apparently going to buy a truck. She had also said she was having a lot of awful things happen to her, including a wolf showing up and being aggressive towards her. My friend has since moved farther away from that haunted hill. One day, I swear, I saw her husband as I was on a walk. He was just standing there with his arms crossed and a big smile on his face. He gave me a wave and a nod. Anyways, these are just a few ghost stories from my small town I have for you. I do have plenty more strange things that have happened to me, but I'll share that for another time. This story took place when I was a kid. My dad has been a pool man for many years. One of his oldest customers decided to purchase a ranch. I do not exactly remember where. He asked my dad if he could come fix their pool, which was disastrously maintained before he bought it. He gave my dad permission to bring us along and told us we were welcome to stay a few days to enjoy the ranch. We drove there and I had overseen reading the map quest instructions because I never seemed to be able to sleep during car trips. We drove back a few days later after my dad was finally able to save the pool. The drive home was awfully long. For long stretches, the view was mostly desert, farms, and the occasional small suburban town. Unlike me, my mom and brothers knocked out almost immediately, so most of the trip was just me and my dad talking or listening to music. I am also a very avid reader, so I had my book on my lap besides the maps. I remember the ride had been quiet for a while, because I had been reading. I had to stop because it was getting dark, and my dad only let me turn the dome lights to read the maps. No radio service and the Game Boy batteries had all died. All I had left to do was look outside. Suddenly, I spotted a very tall shadow on a roof. I realized there was a man who seemed to be wearing a hat, a bowler hat, or maybe a top hat style, 
and dancing and jumping from roof to roof of the suburban lot, kind of like that scene from Singing in the Rain, which at that point I had never seen. It took a second to realize that it was not a normal thing to see. The houses were situated in such a way where they were way too far away for people to jump roof to roof. What scared me the most is how at the last house before a field, he seemed to turn around and sense me. He bowed and tipped his hat. Even though I could not see it, I could sense it smiling. All I felt was dread in my stomach. I turned to face my dad to see if he saw it, but he had been paying attention to the road like he should have been. When I turned back, I could not see the houses anymore. They were too far behind us. I never saw a face or any details. He was just a silhouette on the roofs. I remember feeling very afraid that it would follow us. That it could if it wanted to. I never saw something like that in our many trips ever again. Sometimes, I wondered if I imagined it. It just felt so real. The memory is so vivid as well, which always keeps me coming back to this. I am watching old musicals because the dancing reminds me of the way he moved. My name is Bree. I am a 21-year-old female and I live in a small town in northern Ontario. The stories I'm going to share all took place in a house my family and I lived in until I was 13 years old. None of these stories are in chronological order due to how young I was when they took place. The first story I will share was with my younger sister, Mac, who was two years younger than me, and at the time, I was about six years old. We were playing outside one summer day. The wind was blowing particularly hard, and our mother was watching us from inside the house. To give a visual of the layout of our home and yard, our house was known as the backward house since it was built backward. So, our mother was able to watch us while doing dishes in the kitchen. There was also a massive hedge separating our house from the neighbor next to us, and there was a considerable distance between the hedge and our home. My sister and I were not playing any games, just running around and having fun as kids do. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I and my sister froze like statues. We both looked at each other and simultaneously looked at the space between our home and the hedge. To our surprise, there was a woman there. She was wearing a beautiful long green flowing dress and had equally beautiful, long, wavy red hair and was very fair. She seemed to float rather than walk and seemed fixed on where she was going. As quickly as we noticed her, she vanished into the basement wall of our home. My sister and I then took a look at each other and honestly, we both looked incredibly puzzled. I did not want to say anything to her at first, because my sister was known to copy me, and I did not want her to say she saw something just because I had. After a few seconds of silence, my sister with tears in her eyes said, Did you see that? All I could muster out was, uh-huh. We then ran to our mom sobbing that some old lady had just floated into our home. My mom, not wanting to scare us, said, Maybe it's your guardian angel, stopping by to make sure you're okay. That seemed to ease our nerves a bit, and we were soon back to playing around like nothing had ever happened. As I got older, the experiences in that home seemed to become more sinister. My bedroom had been moved into the basement, and I remember regularly seeing a dark shadow crouch in the corner of my bedroom at night. 
I had nightmares every other night and had a constant feeling of being watched all throughout the house. My mother would later admit to me, once we moved out, that she was even afraid to walk around the house at night and fears something being around the corner. Another story I remember vividly involves my brother who was seven years younger than me. My brother Gio at the time was about two years old. We were sleeping together. It was extremely late at night and for some reason, I just could not fall asleep. To this day, I do not know if he woke up or said this in his sleep, but out of nowhere he says, Bree, Bree, do you see it? See what? I reply. The eyes, he whispered. What eyes? I asked, to which he points behind the door. Obviously, at this point I'm crapping my pants. I try getting him to repeat what he said, but there was no reply. I quickly picked him up and brought him into the living room with me, where we both slept on the couch. I have many other stories about this house, but I will end it on this one. I remember somehow, I built up the courage to play downstairs by myself with my littlest pet shops. I was in my toy room that was attached to the laundry room and my dad's workshop. I had set up all my things in a little circle to make a town, and I was sitting in the middle of it. At the point this had happened, I was sitting facing the houses that were up against the wall. The light in the room I was playing in was placed above and behind me, so if someone walks in the room, a shadow would be cast on the wall I was facing. So as I was playing, I had an overwhelming urge to look up. When I did, I witnessed a shadow move from the right of me to the left of me, heading out the door into the rec room. My first thought was, well, maybe my dad was in his workshop and I didn't know. So I look up and out the door and there is no one there. I look back down at my toys and realize my dad is a bigger guy, and I would have heard him walking, and I would have seen him in the time I saw the shadow looking out the door. I book it up the stairs and get the hell out of that basement. As I said, I have tons of more stories that I will submit in the future. Thank you for sharing my story, Swamp Dweller, and if anybody in the comments has had any similar experiences, definitely let me know. This story takes place the summer of 2001 in a small town outside of Rhode Island, where I am from. I am a female, for reference, and I was about 20 years old that summer. In between my junior and senior years of college at the University of Rhode Island, I decided to stay on campus and take some classes so my senior year would be a little lighter and be a bit less stressful for me. So I rented out a cute little apartment with a few friends and we loved it. Like I said, we were in a small town outside of the city. There were a lot of other college students around and I enjoyed living so close to the beach in the summertime. My schedule was pretty open, so even though I was working and going to school part-time, I had a lot of time to myself and loved the freedom I had to do whatever I wanted. I have always been into fitness and exercise, and one of my favorite things to do that summer was take my rollerblades to the local bike path and listen to music on my earbuds while I glided down the long straight path. Every day, I would drive to the bike path and park my car at the park close by the path and rollerblade the mile long path until it ended. Another park would begin actually right after this one ended. At that second park, I would sometimes rest on one of the benches and take a little break and drink some water before turning back and going back down that same path again and ending up at the original park where my car was. It's about a two mile go, 
and I did this about every day. It was fun and great exercise, right up until this incident I'm about to chronicle for you. On this particular morning, I slept in and was running a little bit late, getting ready for my daily workout. I could not find my earbuds anywhere. They were not where I normally left them on my kitchen counter, and after spending some time looking for them around the apartment without any luck, I just said screw it and decided to exercise without them. I get to the park and put my rollerblades on and start my first mile. It was a beautiful July morning and I was enjoying myself when suddenly, unexplainably about halfway through the mile, something felt very wrong. There was just this gut feeling that something was off. The temperature was in the 80s but I had goosebumps all up and down my arms and legs. The hair on the back of my neck was standing up and I had an intense sinking feeling of dread. I've always had a very strong intuition. I trust it with my life. I felt this feeling before in the past and it has always served as a warning. But I kept on skating, becoming very aware of my surroundings as I did so. Fight or flight was kicking in and I didn't even understand why. That was until I saw him. There was a man up ahead on the trail, off the side of the path. The first thing I realized was that he was taking steps backward off the path. He was trying to hide from me in a tree, but I could still see his face from a good distance away watching me, like a dead-eyed predator. He stood there with his hands in his front pockets, not moving at all. As I skated closer to him, the dread in my stomach grew. I noticed he was not wearing workout clothes. He had an oversized hoodie, jeans, and work boots, nothing you would wear if you were expecting to exercise. Now, I had to quickly make a choice. Do I stop and turn around and go the way I came from, possibly endangering my life by losing the speed and momentum I had gained, or do I keep skating past him and hope he doesn't rush me from the side, pushing me off the path? The fear I felt turned quickly to rage. Quick backstory on me. I am no stranger to violence and assault from men in my past. I thought, why should I live my life afraid? Why should I cater to these men who think they can just take what they want from me? Do they think I'm just going to keep taking it? I felt my hands ball up into fist, my jaw jut out in defiance, and I decided I was standing my ground. Something told me that as I passed him that I needed to remember everything about what he looked like. I noted his dark eyes and beard. I noted his plain blue baseball cap, his hoodie, his jeans and construction boots. I could tell you my nostrils were flared and my eyes were flashing anger, and I glared at him with an intensity that said, I see you there, and I'm ready to fight you if need be. We maintained eye contact for what felt like a long time, but could not have been more than just a few seconds. Then he actually broke eye contact, looked away from me, and I knew he had changed his mind at this point about whatever he was considering doing to me, but I was still not safe yet. I flew as fast as I could to the second park and got off the bike path. Now I was in a tough position. My car was a mile away, as was my shoes and cell phone. I could not go back down that path again and risk passing him a second time. He might have moved, he might have been hiding in a better place waiting for me, knowing I would need to go down that path to get to my car again. So I took off my rollerblades and made my way over to the road that ran parallel to the path and walked the mile back to my car in my socks, carrying my skates. It probably looked a bit strange to the drivers that went by, and the walk seemed to take forever. Once I saw my car, I ran to it as fast as I could and locked myself in. 
I never went back there to rollerblade ever again. Unfortunately, the story doesn't just end there though. After this incident, I went on with the rest of my day. I went to class, I made lunch at my apartment, I got ready for work, and went to my closing shift where I work as a waitress. I returned to my apartment complex at around 10pm to find my neighbor yelling excitedly on his cell phone in the parking lot, pacing and smoking a cigarette as he talked. He and his girlfriend lived upstairs from me. I didn't know them well, but they were friendly enough. She studied nursing and he was a business major. We had all hung out shortly after move-in day, drinking beers and smoking joints on their balcony, and I thought they were both pretty nice people. I parked my car and started walking towards the building just as he was hanging up from his cell phone. I nodded politely towards him and he offered a friendly greeting, something like, hey, how's it going? Seeing his face closer now under the lights, I could tell he had been crying. He told me his girlfriend was in the hospital. She had been attacked and violated by a strange man and was recovering from some various injuries, most seriously, a head injury from smacking her head on the concrete. As he described to me what happened, I felt tears rising in my own eyes and it felt like I had been punched in the stomach. What I said to him next made his jaw drop. I said, did that happen on the bike path? He incredulously said yes and demanded to know how I knew that. I told him I knew who did it, and I explained what happened to me that morning. He immediately asked if I could talk to the police and give a description of the man. Because of the little voice in my head that told me I needed to remember everything about his appearance, I was able to give a full detailed description of this man to the police. For months after this incident, I checked the news to see if he was ever caught, but I never heard that he was. The girl he attacked did make a full recovery, and shortly after returning from the hospital, she and her parents showed up in a moving van and packed up all her things in her apartment. I never saw her again. For a long time after that, I felt a lot of guilt about what happened to her. I felt that somehow her fate was meant for me, but I skirted it and left it for someone else to suffer through. What did I do to ward off this attack? What did I do that she didn't? The last and most chilling piece of this story, though? The earbuds that I lost the morning of this incident. The ones I looked all over my apartment for and that I had decided to forego using that day because I didn't have the time to look? I found them the next day on the kitchen counter, exactly where they were supposed to be. I know for a fact they weren't there when I looked, and I cannot explain why they disappeared that morning. I know my roommate didn't take them. I can only suppose that my awareness of the situation was the thing that saved me in the end, and some higher power was looking out for me that day. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep woods and outdoors horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps this video grow a ton in the algorithm. If you're new to the channel, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications as I upload brand new videos almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or at r slash thedarkswamp on reddit. I'd be honored to see your story and share it with everyone here in the swamp. If you are a fan of wilderness crime, missing 411 disappearances, and strange park ranger stories from all across the world, well, the Swamp Dweller channel is the place to be. Almost every single day I upload brand new episodes looking into the strangest and unknown crimes you've never heard of from your favorite state parks from all across the globe. Subscribe today and join the Swamp Dweller Nation.